Our first reading comes from St. Paul's letters to the Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22 to 25, which can be found on page 188 of the Church Bible. The fruit of the Spirit. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the Gospel reading, which is taken from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, verses 13 to 23, and can be found on page 7 of the Church Bible. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and, did, and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. This is the gospel of the Lord. Shall we pray together? Father, as we open your word, we pray that your spirit would be graciously and powerfully at work in our lives, opening our hearts and strengthening our wills to walk in the way of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Three surprising fruits for you today. I personally love summer fruits, particularly desserts, although at the hidden gem I've discovered you can buy a very nice breakfast, which is entitled Summer Fruits and so on. It's got the summer fruits and yogurt and other sinful nice things. But enough of summer fruits. Here are three surprising fruits. And the surprise is a real surprise because this is one of those passages and for friends and relatives and visitors today we're working through the Sermon on the Mount 
and we're focusing particularly on um, a beware saying of Jesus. It's one of those phrases that Mark Twain probably would have had in his mind when he said, it's not the things in the Bible I don't understand I find difficult. It's the things in the Bible I do understand I find difficult. And so here we have beautiful Jesus, the teacher, asking his followers to be beautiful like him, to follow in the way of Christ, those wonderful Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, all those lovely lifestyle choices we need to make to be more like Christ. And then all of a sudden, here's something you really are going to understand, but you might find difficult. Beware. Beware of false prophets who come to you. They're dressed up like sheep, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. Do watch Kevin Costner's film, Dances with Wolves. It's a beautiful film, Before You Die. But normally, wolves are described as not such good things. They're ravenous wolves. You might as well visualize a David Attenborough program and you've got a poor deer or antelope and the wolves are at it. Jesus even says to his followers, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do be careful. So beware, Jesus says, of false prophets. And his sermon is relatively easy to follow because right at the start he says the same thing as he says at the end. It's the art of repetition. I'm not just going to tell it to you once, I'm going to tell it to you twice. I'm talking about these ravenous wolves, and how will you know them? You'll know them by their fruit. And at the conclusion of this particular section in Matthew's Gospel, he says, so there we are then. You're going to know them by their fruit. And he changes the image slightly to agricultural, to botanical images, to talk about trees, to talk about the fruit that they bear. And there it is. Is a thistle going to produce a grape? Is a bad tree going to produce good fruit? The answer is no. How are we to feel about this? I mean, the hospital in Chester, the nurses, all about. But there's one that's not so good. There's a congregation. There's a denomination. There are countless churches. And there's one, Jesus says, or two, that you need to beware. Because they look okay on the outside, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. That that's actually what he's saying. And then you'll know them by their fruits. What is it young people say today? No word of a lie. Just that slight feeling we get every now and again that something's not right. We can have this uh, church booking, can't we? Just slight strange feeling, just... I dropped everything and went to check it out. There was just something didn't feel right. And normally, if I'd known most of the churches in the area, they would have said something else. It just didn't quite feel right. 
Let's do the fine prints, shall we? Let's do another phone call. Oh, it's a spiritualist church, is it? Curses, mediums, seances. In a charity for disabled people with lots of other vulnerable people, we, we just say no. We're going to beware. It might sound a bit jaundiced, but after a number of years, I think I could get a professorial chair in the gullibility of Christians. I've said it in the notices. I've said it from the front. Sometimes I've even had to get the police in. See the uniform? Hear what they're saying. You don't do this. The particular matter was giving money out to people who came to other good people in the church with sob stories, hard stories. You might not think they're con artists, but the simple rule is you just don't do it. And those who have been led astray and been conned, let me tell you, I've been on the other side of the fence, picking up the shame, picking up the vulnerability. Beware, Jesus says. Some people will come to you looking okay, but underneath they're ravenous wolves. How you detect them in a church is difficult to say, and this will be a longer thing to think about. Oftentimes they're short term. Don't go longer than 10 years. Oftentimes they're either very, very needy and plead on that. Or oftentimes they're extremely confident and they won't be quizzed or questioned. And I say this to myself, what's the legitimate way of detecting in a church congregation or with seemingly bona fide Christian activity what's right and what's wrong? I've given you some of my tips. Others I will keep to myself. <laughs> but there is a gift in the, in, the, in the New Testament, in the Corinthian correspondence, called the discernment of the Spirit. It enables you to see behind what's in front. Some people have that gift, but they're very humble, and they work with others. And that's why detecting who's a wolf, who's a sheep, should be a corporate thing. Beware of anyone who won't let you check them out. One of the tragedies, I won't stay too long on this, about the current uh, synodical carry-on, is that the gift and the genius of local churches working under oversight with other people is you are meant to be accountable and test everything out together. You never trust just one person. Moving on to happier things. If that's the surprising fruit, hmm, there isn't any. Let me just tell you of a prophet who I do believe is a prophet, not a false prophet. I read this over the summer by someone called David Wells. False prophets tend to promote things that are easy wins easy fixes. And trust me, under the gullibility section, I've seen church leaders lead hundreds of people astray. It lasts a few years 
and then it withers. David Wells is not such as these. This is the sort of feel a good prophet would have. Here, friends, is the way to lead a beautiful life. This is God, not for sham, but for real. Not for con, but for Christianity as our Lord would have it. It is one of the defining marks of our time that God is now weightless. I do not mean by this that he's ethereal, but rather that he has become unimportant. He rests upon the world so inconsequentially as to not be noticeable. He's lost his saliency for human life. Those who assure the pollsters of their belief in God's existence may nonetheless consider him to be less interesting than television. His commands less authoritative than their appetites for affluence and influence. His judgment no more awe-inspiring than the evening news. And his truth less compelling than the advertiser's sweet fog of flattery and lies. That is weightlessness. Friends, listen to good prophets. Listen to the seriousness of God's word. Take him seriously and don't always trust with naive gullibility All that glistens is not always gold. Even our Lord Jesus himself would say, Beware, they look like sheep, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You'll know them by their fruit. You'll know them by how they're looking. You'll have that sense that some things are not right. As I said on a happier note, the second surprising fruit... I want to mention, and this is not completely there in this text, although it depends how you apply it. For as we will see, Jesus is speaking about the kingdom of God. He's not necessarily speaking about a gathered congregation. In his mind's eye is certainly not the Church of England. But he's speaking about the kingdom of God and those who bear good fruits and fruit that will last. Remember, even Jesus said of his followers, I'm going to prune you that your fruit will abide and your fruit will last. Sometimes, and I believe it's often the case, you can find people of Christian fruit and goodness who aren't yet within the established walls of the Christian church. I'm not just saying where he's a friend or a relative in the community who just happens to be a nice person. Sometimes I've found if you have a trusting conversation with them and you push them appropriately, they'll want nothing to do with Christ. They won't, as it were, acknowledge the second commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and your neighbour as yourself. Take him seriously and you will not have any idol but him. He is to be number one. And nice, good people oftentimes have themselves as the number one. But what if there are those people who bear Christian fruit who have yet to name 
the name of Christ. I found them to be agreeable to work with, soft, open to conversation, always willing to work together for the good of a local community. And in some cases, when the work and the partnership has been done so effectively, there's a synergy and a recognition and they'll find their way into the church and what they've been seeking all along, a beautiful, good, they wouldn't articulate this, but godly life. They see within our midst. Unless, of course, we're all con artists and sham spirituality actors and there's no depth within, there's no real sense of sincerity and awe over the living God who gives life now and one day will judge us at the end of our days. One way and just a thought that there's surprising fruit outside the doors of the church. These people should be courted with, should be our friends and we should be in partnership with The third surprising fruit, of course, and I use the word surprising in a slightly tongue-in-cheek way, is in our own lives. Oftentimes I've found that Christians and churches can be supremely gullible, but they can sometimes be lacking in confidence that actually where is this fruit of the Spirit to be seen If God would take an MRI, spiritual scan of your body, and scan the whole of you so he could see within, oftentimes many of us don't believe that there is this fruit of the Spirit. Notice it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of your parents. It's not the fruit of the vicar, certainly not this one. It's certainly not the fruit of the church, your education, your bank balance, your pension, or where you live. It's the fruit of the... Spirit. And the only way the fruit of the Spirit comes is if the Spirit gives it to you. Paul writes, flesh and blood will not inherit, won't even touch the kingdom of God. But when you're born of the Spirit, when you're made alive in Christ, something beautiful happens. Love, joy, Patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, and the rest of it. You are lovely, beautiful people. I can see it every now and again. (laughs) No, no, I see it every week. I see it every moment. And when you look in the mirror, some of you need to think, the Spirit's at work in me. I'm all right. I love Jesus You will know them by their fruits. And Jesus says again, I will tell you how you will know them. And then at the end of the day, these wolves, these ravenous wolves, stand before the Lord of glory. And he says, I tell you, I never knew you. But I've been vicar of this church. I had hundreds of people listening on my every word. I never knew you. I've been treasurer for for decades. I've kept the whole thing going. I never knew you. I've been a bishop in a diocese. I never knew you. Do you get the point? Those who love Jesus, who open their lives to him, who have at the start of the Sermon on the Mount 
found the entry point in Matthew 4, verse 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand, and you turn to this beautiful king, and you turn saying, I'm trusting in him and nothing else. I love him for his love for me and nothing else. Then Jesus says, well, I'm going to produce these beautiful things in your life. Keep like this, and my spirit will form my life within you. One day Jesus will say, that will be a big surprise. Depart from me in heaven, I never knew you. But this same Jesus in heaven now bestows his spirit's love on each of us and wants his fruit to be produced. Be on your guard against those that would lead you astray. Be on your lookout for those you can partner and be in conversation with and be trusting yourself in the Spirit's work deep within. He started and he will continue to bear fruit within you. Let me lead you in a prayer. Father, thank you for starting us on the journey of Christ. Thank you for those of us who have supported us along our way. We pray for holiness. We pray for discernment. And we pray that we might walk in the Spirit all our days until finally and gloriously we meet you, our Lord and Master, face to face and lay our all before him. Hear our prayer, both spoken and unspoken, for we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen.